This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Yeah, I have a question? Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. How do you not get drained from doing chassad? The answer is, is that that means that your life comes first. And if you're getting to the point where you're overextended in your chassad, then you have a chiyos to stop. Because your own life comes first. You can't give to somebody else before you can't give somebody else if you're not you it's a part of 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 how we live our lives you know you you take people who are very very involved in the chesed you take people who are very involved in the claw or very involved in other people there does there there does come points there do come points there do come points yeah that's correct grammar there do come points in that person's life where they have to set boundaries in order not to start falling apart so those boundaries could be emotional boundaries. Those boundaries could be that they need their own Shabbos meal, quiet. Those those boundaries could be that you can't call them after certain hours or during certain hours because they're busy with their children, their family, their wife, whatever the case may be. I think that, you know, somebody asked when I was on this, on this uh, Yachay Kala, somebody said that he heard from a certain person. I'm not going to call this person a gadol because I can't believe this person I don't think this person is a gadol. Um, I think it's quite the opposite. This person is very involved in the claw, and they they said, you know, my work with the claw is so important to me that if my own like if my wife leaves me, fine. If my kids go off to derech, fine. And I was sitting with Rabbi Berkowitz, and we were discussing this idea. We were like on on like a panel of discussing the idea of doing things for the claw, you know, for life. And Rabbi Berkowitz was so sad. I wasn't sad. I was mad, but he was sad. And, you know, and with his permission, I responded. That's not chesed. Chesed starts at home. You know, what right do you have to take a spouse, sign a contract with them, tell them you're going to provide for them all their physical needs, emotional needs. I'm here for you. I'm going to be machabed you. I'm going to take you seriously. You're my number one priority after everybody else. What type of contract is that? You know what I'm saying? What are you doing? That's that that's vicious. It's horrible. Having a child and not being there for the child. Like your job as a parent is not to have a child, it's to raise a child, to be a healthy, mature adult. If the people around you are not getting the things that they need from you, then your chesed is not chesed. I'm sorry to say it's a very misplaced chesed. So a person who's who's burning out, a person who feels that other people are in encroaching that means that their own personal boundaries are probably not strong and the boundaries for their family are maybe not strong it's very important that the balance between you know i'll call it your set of priorities which is you your spouse your children all those things have to be in order and then the rest of the world and then the rest of the world and if you can't then you can't then it's just simply not for you it's not for everybody to do what other people are doing you have to find your own chesed that you're able to do and it primarily starts at home. That's what I'll say. If a person's not able to do that, then the whole balance is off. Yeah. Um, how do you feel fulfilled doing chesed at home? I think that it's a huge yitzahara to feel fulfillment from doing something for somebody else. You know, there's like a, it's almost like a joke that like today, like if somebody goes over to like a poor person to give them something, they're like taking a selfie, like they're like, you know, and they're like, act sad or, you know, like, act. it's so sad. It's so sick. Like that's, 
that's like where our brain is in terms of like doing something altruistic. Like, you know, I think that you take a story like the guy, the two, the two travelers who are walking along the way and one of them reaches into his pocket and gives, gives money. To me, that story is an indication of how that person lived their life. When you hear Chaim Kanievsky sitting there looking at a nine-year-old's letter and he's thinking about it for a couple of minutes, it's an indication of how he really lived his life. He found Sipok out of the limelight. You know what I'm saying? If if it's not real, it's not real. It, 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 it's only real when it's when it's not it's not for cameras. So I think that it's oftentimes challenging for a person to find that let's say bathing their children or diapering their children or you know picking your mother up for an appointment is less exciting than picking somebody else up and then being like, well, I drove for Chai Lifeline today. You know what I mean? It's it's so much more geschmack to feel like I did something as part of an organization or I got the kudos or I'm on their email list. Like so much more geschmack to feel that way. A person has to find Sipok within their everyday life. Like the things that you're doing for your own for your own family. That is chesed. That is chesed. Right? Where does tzedakah where start? It starts with your craving, with your relatives. It's not other people. It's not some charity campaign that you stand up and you go, I raised a million dollars. That's not that's not the essence of tzedakah. Tzedakah starts with with your brothers. It starts with your parents. It starts that's where it starts. You know, I had somebody a couple that once called me that there was an immediate family member that was struggling, and the husband, the wealthy guy, was giving a ton of money to like other places, and the wife was like, "I don't understand. Like your own brother is struggling," and he was like, "Who cares? Like, like, like my brother, <laughs> like he's I'm, like." He's not honoring me at the dinner. Like the school is honoring me at the dinner. So like they, we were talking about it and I was like, halacha is so beautiful, right? Halacha tells you what your priorities are supposed to be. I mean, it's a wrong hashkafa. You don't do something just because the rest of the world is going to notice you. So I, I think that, you know, the, the balance, I'll call it the balance of doing things in your own house and finding seabook from your family and the things that you're doing for them is something which is not intuitive for many people, men especially, I think. And it's it's something that absolutely has to happen. I also think that if a person does things for the right reasons, they, they're able to turn it on and turn it off. You're able to have boundaries, meaning the Ratz and Hashem is for me to take this, take this meeting and help this person. The Ratz and Hashem is for me to not do that. When you're only doing it, when your whole motivation is for the recognition or something, then your priorities fall out of balance because you're really you're really guided by your own ego. You're not guided by your neshama. What does what does the world need from me? What does Hashem want from me? The Ratz and Hashem is for you to sit down and play with your son. The, the, the Ratz and Hashem is for you to take your wife on a date, go on a walk with her. The, the Ratz and Hashem is for you to call your mother and spend a half hour on the phone with her. That's the Ratz and Hashem, but it's not glamorous. So a lot of times we get very, so then why would I do it? Yeah, that means that your motivation is is ego. Your your motivation is not altruistic. Your motivation is not what does this person need from me? How does this make me feel? Oh, that's not chesed. Chesed is not how does this make me feel? It happens to be that real chesed feels amazing, but that's not chesed. When the whole chesed is how does this make me feel and how does this make me look and who else is going to notice it? It's not really chesed. That's coming from a place where you're using other people. You're using other people to make you feel good. That's not such a good feeling. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you lay in bed, you go like, what did I just do? Like, I used this sick person to make me feel good. I used this needy person to make me feel good. Really? That's 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 not what it is. It's that, like, this is this is the Ratzon Hashem. 
I think, again, I'm just going back over here, that, that halacha is so beautiful. It really is. It's so beautiful. It tells you when yes and when no. And sometimes halacha seems harsh. What do you mean? What do you mean don't pick up the phone? Yeah, don't pick up the phone. Right now, you're not supposed to. Right now, you're not supposed to take this meeting. Right now, you're not supposed to drive this person because your own child is struggling. Your own spouse is struggling. Your own mother, she needs your help. Your own sister, whoever it is, that comes first. So I think having that balance is really important and being motivated and driven by the right reasons is really important. And also, it's not something which happens in a flash. I think that this is really, like we spoke about by the journey of Midos, this is really an internal Mida. It's a Mida to be able to feel for other people. It's not something which is like, Oh, now I'll do this. Check my box for the day. It's about like really internalizing like like empathetic feelings and empathetic actions for other people. Another one? Anybody here want to say anything, by the way? No? Yeah? Okay, go ahead. What are some things we can do besides being part of organizations that will still give us the same sense of fulfillment? Um, How do we upgrade chasad from just being nice to people? I think looking around at I'll give you a small example. When I was when I was in Eretz Yisrael, I was made the Gabashini of a shul, which was like the last thing on the planet that I wanted to do. But the guy who was like the Gabay, he needed somebody, whatever. So so they, I was like the only guy on the ballot by force. And then I got one vote and I became the Gabashini. And the guy sat me down, the guy who was the Gabay, and he said, I just want to tell you something. He said, in every shul, there are givers and there are takers. Straight out. He said, and you'll notice the same guys that when you say, okay, guys, we need to move tables from here to here. It's the same guys every week that move the tables. It's the same guys that go set up the food. It's the same guys that go shopping. It's the same guys that clean up. It's always the same guys because their mida is that they're givers. And other than that, everybody else, they're just takers. This shul feels good for me now. And you'll see when things are not good, they're out. They're gone. They're not like really fully invested in the shul. So he said to me, I want you to be part of the givers. So it was hard to then argue with my newfound position. So I was like, fine, okay. I, I, I guess I, you know, I was just tricked into taking this position. But I found it was 100% true. It was always the exact same people. When I was in camp, I was like, I was the head counselor in, in a camp. I noticed also, somebody pointed this out to me. Said this on every trip, you're going to see that it's the exact same people who are going to step forward and say, oh, let me help you schlep stuff. Let me set up the grill. Let me help, you know, give food out. And then you're going to have the same kids that are running over. They're going to say, I was here first. I get into a fight with everybody. It's the same kid. And then it's the same kid who, when it comes to bedtime, you know, like the ODs go around, that kid's giving them a hard time. It's always the same kids that give you the hard time. And it's always the same kids that give you the the nachas in almost every area. Why? Because it's something that's inherent to the person. So organizations are organizations, but look around a community you know, everybody has different opportunities, but every community has needs, whether it's sponsoring a share, whether it's hosting a share, whether it's, it literally could be anything that just helps other people around you, you know, maximize their life. And I think that every single person has talents, they have abilities, they have knowledge. If you're willing to spread that to other people, you know, the Chavetz Chaim was known, he would tell people who own grocery stores, like you're involved in chasad, you're giving people food. Right, you're a pharmacist. It's it's pikuach nefesh is what you're involved with. Like, just have that in mind, and and your whole day is is filled with chesed. So, yeah, to a certain degree, we're surrounded by chesed all the time. We don't notice it, but if you notice a need and you find yourself in a position to be able to give to somebody else, whether it's knowledge or skill or even just encouragement, literally, it's free. 
it's free. It's the nice something. And that's really, you know, where chesed, where chesed is all around us. You just have to find it. The world is chesed. I think I know what that means. Olam chesed ibana. This table is chesed. Hashem created a tree in Canada because it's Canadian wood, right? And it, was, it did not burn down in a wildfire, okay? And, and a lumberjack from Canada who's there for a thousand years, he cut this down and he made this table and he sent it to my house. What does that mean? It means that all of the pieces of the universe came into, into play. Hashem gave me this table that I could sit here and give this class. It's all chesed. Everything here is chesed. We have chesed all around us. We have to like really just appreciate what we have. And you see people around you, people are born with, with, with needs, right? That's Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva talks about right, why, why did Hashem create people that have needs around you? Because Hashem wants chesed in the world. He wants tzedakah in the world. He wants people to give others. So the ability to, to, to find chesed in your life is literally everywhere. You just have to look a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, um, my question is that for someone that needs satisfaction or recognition for doing things that, like, that they do, um, what should that person do to feel sheepfuck in doing things for their family? If a person needs the motivation... Needs that ha- satisfaction what? and, reco- and like, satisfaction and recognition. Yeah. Like, otherwise, it's just like you got burnt out of it. A hundred percent. And and that's why Hashem gave us families, meaning it, within our family unit, we should be getting that recognition that we need from our spouses, from our children. That's that's a part of what it is. I remember when I was a kid, every time my parents would take us somewhere or do something, like as we would pull into the driveway, like it started from my older sisters. Right? It would be like, thank you, daddy. Thank you. It was like, it was just, it became like a thing, right? And like raising your children with, with Hakar Zatayv, for like their mother and what she did for them, I think it's part of the chinuch that, that a person has. It's an amazing opportunity for you to get your needs met, but at the same time also be mechanach your children. And when I was in yeshiva, I remember the manal came into to, to the room once. He came in and nobody moved. Like everyone's like sitting. And he said, Rabbi Say, when somebody comes in who's a manahel, everybody stands up. I'm going to walk out and I'm going to come back in. It wasn't saying it all gaiva. He was saying it all, this is my job to be mechanachiyu. And he walked out and he, he walked in, everybody stood up. He said, good. Now you know, when a Rebbe walks in, a Manal walks in, this is how you act. Of course, a person needs basic recognition for what they do, right? I'm not saying that when a person does, you know, whatever it is, that they should just say, no, no, no. Yes, you know, you clean a house, you want your spouse to turn to you and be like, wow, you know, great job. I really appreciate it. We need expression. We need, you know, all those feelings that we need. There's no question. When that's the sole motivation, that's a problem. But if a person has within their home people, train those people, teach those people, not because of your ego, though. This is not because of your ego. It's because you're building your children. You're building your husband. You're telling him, hey, this is something that I need, that I want. It's a basic need for a person to get recognition. But it's not that they get the recognition, and that's the reason why they do what they want. Am I am I explaining this well? You don't, you don't, you don't. Don't change your child's diaper and take a selfie and post it on Instagram and, and see how many likes you got. That's not what you do, right? When your spouse comes home and says, wow, this house is running so well. And you say, wow, I appreciate it. It's people that are giving to each other. He's giving your emotional needs and you feel fulfilled with, with, with your relationships. There's a big difference here. The second one, you're motivated by the fact that you have your child. You, you want recognition for it. That's beautiful. 
And the first one, your whole motivation is that people, other people recognize you. And if nobody, if, if Instagram is down that day, your, your kids could walk around with a, with a, whatever, it doesn't make a difference, right? Because nobody's looking, nobody's giving me likes. So then I'm not interested in helping the kid. That there's something wrong. That's, that's driven by the ego. But for somebody to get recognition for what they do, by all means, 100%, you know, 100%. Yeah. One second. Here, just grab the, can we have the mic over here? And just turn it on on the bottom. What if it's like the opposite or not necessarily the opposite, but different where like it's maybe certain types of chesed actually bring you a lot of pain. Are you supposed to push past the pain and do it anyways? Or are you supposed to like put yourself first and know that that's going to mess me up for a while? I'm not going to do that. It's a good question. Um, I think it's really a case by case basis, meaning it's a good question. Like Chayach HaKaidim would say that if a person is in a situation where others could do what they do and not be as affected, then most likely somebody else should do it. But if you're a person who's able to do something which is perhaps painful, but the world needs you, then you probably would be guided to to do it because that's what the world needs. So it's it's, it's a good it's a good thing. You know, I, I remember I was asked when I was a kid if I could come to camp um, Camp Simcha, and if you know me a little bit, I'm a bit of an emotional person. And I felt that it would, I, I, I was like, I'll cry the whole summer. I mean, I'll just, you know, why do you want me in Camp Simcha? I'm just going to be, you know, sobbing into a shender the whole day. And it, no, it's a happy place. That's the name, Camp Simcha. I felt it would be so hard for me. I, 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 I didn't go. I didn't go. I, you know, for some people, they go and it's a party. They're able to, to see past whatever is there. So I, I think that, you know, again, it's probably a very personal question, right? So case by case, but I would say that if, if it's something which is not for you, then it's probably, and it's for somebody else, then somebody else probably should do it. If it's something which you are the person, that's what the world needs. They need your expertise, even though it's a little bit uncomfortable, then yeah, then you probably should do it. Yeah, makes sense. All right. One more? Okay, one more. Um, you juggle between being kind for Hashem and being kind because you're a nice, empathetic person. It seems like personality usually wins over. Why? Like, where, where does, where does, where does our concept of right and wrong go? Like, like, where does it come from? Where, where do we decide that this is the right thing to do? Maybe it would be better for me to be very cruel and very blunt. And I help people out that way. And that's, that's what I, that's what I, that's the way I live my life. Our, our whole, our whole concept of how we live our life. And that's really, I think really what this series is about is the idea of understanding that what's right and wrong and, and, and wrong and right in life, who makes that determination? The answer is, is that we have, I'm not even going to say G'daylam. Of course we have G'daylam. We have a Torah. We have Gemara. We have Mishnayis. We have Sifri Musr. Like we have so many things which tell us this is proper. This is proper. This is how you live your life. So a person, I don't think a person, I don't think it's two separate things that a person is a nice person or a person is an empathetic person. And they also, Agav, it also happens to be that they're from Yid. It, you know, this is what Rabbi Rikwitz was saying. It's, it's all one. It's Rakhalisan Agal Hashem. That you're learning and you're davening and you're chesed and, and your house and your car is all the same thing. It's all part of you living a life that is uplifting. It's Gehoiven. It's, it's full of Kedusha. It's there for other people. That, it's, it's all one. Your Midas should be an extension of the idea that you're living life to connect to Hashem. 
in a real way, a certain feeling, oh, that felt good. I helped this person. I was there for them. Not, I was there for them, and therefore, check. Cerebrally, I got a mitzvah that I saw. Good, wonderful, okay. And then separately, I have to go ahead and work on my midos. No, it's it's all one and the same thing, right? I think I said this story before, where one of Rebberkowitz's daughters brought him a drink, and she said, She gave him a drink. So he said, do me a favor, take the drink back, and just give it to me because you love me. And she said, he said, that's the mitzvah. The mitzvah is that you love your father and you give him a drink. That's why you give him a drink. You don't give him a drink as to give you a drink. That's too cerebral. There's an emotion here. Look, if, we, if we could speed this out a little bit more, the mitzvah is to develop your emotions. The mitzvah is to feel for other people. That's the mitzvah. The mitzvah is literally go feel for somebody else. And then because you feel this, you're motivated to help them. But you're not so blinded by your emotion to the point where you're neglecting your family, your children, your spouse, your parents, you're not neglecting them. You're completely tuned into them and what they need from you as well. Because your emotions are so in check. This is an emotional chiv. You don't, how many people think about mitzvahs like it's an emotional chiv? That's what it is, an emotional chiv. It's a chiv to develop your emotions according to these guidelines. Don't be just a, a, like, a like a mush person, like everything is making you cry and you're walking around and, and, and you just, you know, taking off your jacket and giving it to poor people and, and, and you're living like, no. You're not allowed to do that. You can't do that. You're not allowed to make yourself poor, right? You can't give more than a chaymish. You can't give more than 20%, right? There's halachas here. Well, what do you mean? But if the whole motivation is supposed to give other people, yeah, you're supposed to give other people. But take care of yourself first. Make sure you don't fall onto society. There's such a beauty here. such a beauty it's teaching us how to regulate ourselves and balance ourselves to the point where we don't fall off the edge on either which way. We're not cold and callous people. We're very, very emotionally centered and therefore motivates us to help and give other people, but not so much to the point where we just totally fall off the deep end and we're nothing. Wow, that sounds pretty balanced to me. But it's amazing. I mean, most people don't think of, of, of chesed like that. They think of chesed as, oh, you got to do stuff for other people. Okay, so then pedal to the metal. Like this guy, okay, fine. So my, my wife will divorce me, fine. My kids go off the derach, fine. My house gets foreclosure, fine. That's not chesed. That, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's not centered. That's not balanced. That's not the way it's supposed to be. There's a certain beauty to halacha, and we have to internalize that. We have to internalize that. You know, I didn't even intend in the beginning to, to focus so much on the halachic aspect of this, but halacha is beautiful. Halacha is really beautiful. It creates such a beautiful balance. You don't have Allah guiding you, and you let your emotions just run, and then you, you get overrun by everything. Everything becomes like an avalanche. Another phone call, another this, another that. Believe me, I deal with this all day. But you have to also remember, I have like a reminder on my phone. <laughs> like it reminds me like to stay centered. You, you could get overwhelmed by the needs that, that are out there in the world. But a person has to, we have to be guided by Allah. And Allah is a very beautiful middle lane that keeps everything centered. Last one. What sipuk could you get from yourself that way you don't rely on others? What sipuk could you get from yourself that you don't rely on others? So that you don't rely. Confidence. The idea of confidence, you know, is is simply uh, not arrogance, but confidence is that a person makes a true chajban on and asks themselves at night, am I living my life the way it's supposed to be living? The way it's supposed to be lived? A person looks at themselves in the mirror and says, I did what I was supposed to do today. I connected to who I needed to connect to. 
I, I was there for other people. My emotions, I'm not callous. I'm not cruel. It's, it's not that I don't care about other people's feelings or what they say. I don't, but I don't live for that. I don't live for the recognition. I, I, I look at myself in the mirror and I know that I'm doing a good job. And I think that it's part of the Cheshman and Nefesh, which it's perhaps a lost art. People used to make a Cheshman and Nefesh all the time as part of the concept of Musr was exactly this idea of walking around in a hut in the woods or going into an open grave and just looking up at the sky and like asking yourself, like, how am I living my life? So we don't do that as much <laughs> anymore. I hope, you know, <laughs> I don't know, maybe some of you, but, you know, but the idea of the idea of like, really, you know, you want to call it meditation or his baidadas, or or Musr. Musr is not screaming at yourself. It's the idea of just being centered and being confident, saying, yeah, make a chajm and a nefesh. In, 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 in my business, in my family, in my community, I'm there for other people. And therefore, I know that I'm good. But at the same time, if somebody else is complimenting you, it is an affirmation usually that you're doing something right. So it's good to have that in your life, but not to live for that. Not to live for that. I think that's very shallow. I think that shows a lack of confidence. And I'll also say, I think that somebody who needs that, when somebody says something that's negative, it totally throws you off. Because then all of a sudden you're you're opening like, oh, they criticize me. I don't know. I can't live with myself. I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. That's not the way to go. The way to go is that you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm good. And your spouse turns to you or your friends turn to you and they go, hey, good job. You go, okay, appreciate it. Yeah. You're more emotional about the thing that you did than about the compliment. I think that'd be a good gauge to know if you're really comp- if you're really confident or if or if you need to work on that. If you're more emotional about the thing that you did versus the recognition, then you're probably doing a good job. If the thing that you did was just to get the recognition and then somebody pumps you up and you're like, oh, thank you. So then that's probably what's motivating you to do whatever it is. Yeah. Selfish, selfish chesed is not chesed. Chesed is true chesed for other people. And you shouldn't need so many people to tell you that you're doing a good job. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.